Welcome to On the Spot with Melinda Garvey, the On the Dot interview series where we sit down with some of the most intriguing and interesting women to watch featured in our daily email newsletter and podcast, Four Minutes with On the Dot. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode of On the Spot, now available every Thursday on your favorite podcast streaming services. Today, Melinda is sitting down with Ashlyn Viscosi from Creative Meets Business. Now let's start the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of On the Spot. I am your host, Melinda Garvey. And as always, every week, I'm excited to bring you an amazing new relatable role model. And this week is no different. We have a great woman with us today. Her name is Ashlyn Viscosi. She is the founder of Creatives Meet Business. And so that's a real interesting concept. And we're going to let her tell you about it in a few minutes. But first, just welcome. Thanks for being on the show with us. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So before we get started, I like to go way back. You know, what was your big dream when you were growing up and what did you think you'd be doing? Kind of show the paths that all paths are are not straight in our lives. No, mine has been incredibly winding. So whenever I was growing up, I wanted to be a public defender. I wanted to be an attorney, but I had the wrong idea of what it meant to be an attorney because I had this idea that you were also a detective and you would go and find clues on the case and then represent something in court, which was a product of my own making. That's not exactly how it works, even remotely. And whenever I learned that, my interest waned a little bit, but there was definitely that. I wanted to be a forensic serologist for a long time. And this is pre-Dexter. This is, you know, the show had not even been a thing yet. The book series might've been by this point. I was in a Oklahoma at the time. I was born in Austin and then moved to Oklahoma in third grade and stayed there all the way through college, including master's degree and things like that. And I went to all these summer camps that were free. Week at a time, basically every summer would go to one. One was a math camp, one was meteorology, and one was on forensic science. And so that opened the door and interest for forensic serology. And then that changed in college and I shifted gears and went to political science and then shifted gears repeatedly again and again until I have what I have today. You're a filmmaker as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. So deep in the creative space, which, you know, I think that is super interesting because that is unique. You're definitely like both left and right brain. We're working hard. I don't know. They're struggling. But I think what's really fascinating about it is when I look at your path, although it seems from the outside, okay, that's a little strange. Like that's pretty windy and now she's a filmmaker. But the concept of creatives business, like you have this other side, right? That spoke so strongly to you. So tell us about Creatives Meet Business and why you started it, why it's important. So everything that I care about, that I do, that I'm aligned to as a person is really around two different things. One is around connection, helping people feel that sense of belonging, that they found their place, their sense of purpose, and that they have their tribe. We have so many different ways to stay connected in a digital capacity today. And there's great reasons and great applications for that. And it's a wonderful thing that we have so much options and optionality. However, we still need people. So what can I do to help bring people together so they actually feel connected, that they have community, that they're not alone in this world going out, you know, off on their own, just their own island, really pulling people back together and creating an environment where it's easy to get to know people. So that piece. And the other thing that drives me as a person is learning. So how can I either A, me be the one learning or B, help create environments for people to come and learn, connect and engage. So where Creatives Meet Business came from was I used to work in film production and then also in an arts-based nonprofit supporting film in different capacity. So from there, it was how can I bring more people to care and support 
this thing? How do we get a bigger and wider audience in Austin? Austin's a very creative city and creative place. How was it the same people coming night after night? Why couldn't I get more and new people to come in and learn more about this and care about it, what have you? And then the other side was also in film, the number of filmmakers who weren't seeing themselves as business owners, that weren't thinking in long term, that weren't thinking, oh, this project is wrapping up. What do I have lined up next? How to help people figure out those things and ways to think as a business person so you could make a living doing this thing that you love doing. So it was really that twofold system of both connection and then education and empowerment. I do think it is very interesting just because you often see that where sort of this freelance economy, especially, which is a lot of the creative space and just not really understanding how to put all those pieces together. And oftentimes have never even worked in a formalized business environment because of, you know, just of the space. So that's super interesting. In fact, actually the university that I went to is a music school and they were always just pumping out, you know, musicians and you know, they'd go on to do, you know, New York and opera and all that. That was great. Except what they realized is they weren't keeping up with the times. And so they added a whole business element. If you don't understand how to make money and how to run a business from it, and you even talk on your our website about, you know, creating these new words, like calling yourself an entrepreneur. Like I'm not just an artist or a filmmaker, but I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a business owner. And it's like, changes that mentally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think about it like if you rent versus you own a home, you don't even actually have to be an owner in the situation, right? Just the difference between renting mentality, like, I'm going to be here a year. I'm not going to make it look nice. I'm just going to put this thing up here, whatever, versus like, no, I own this. I want to invest in it looking nice. I want to invest in getting to know my neighbors. It's the same thing with your business. You're thinking in the longer term, like, how do I make investments in myself, in my surroundings, in my community, whatever that might be. It's just that long-term shift in thinking and what that can help do and create just simply by shifting your mindset alone. That's awesome. So what Creatives Meet Business is, is there's small group roundtable events throughout the year and other signature pieces of programming, podcast arm, which I introduce it and then I outro them, but I am very minimally present in those. I produce them and edit them, but it comes from the live events. And so it's 15, 20 minutes, give or take, where it's just information like telling your brand story or 30 second elevator pitch, things like that from an expert who came and spoke at it. My big thing is a three-day piece of programming I do every year. It's a conference called The Experience. CMBXP is another name for it. So that happens annually in September. And uh, yeah, it's 50 workshops. There's mentorships as well and the nightly happy hours. 50 workshops. That's a lot of workshops. How many people attend this event? Between 300 and 350. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Do they come from all over the country? Largely, I'm trying to support people in the Texas area because I want to take this concept and go to other places regionally and have, I use the word guide, not speaker, for example, in that. And I work with people that are local or Texas, most specifically, to help people stay connected when it's over. So if you're working on marketing, whatever it might be, you want to hire this person or you want to go and have coffee and chit chat for a little bit. You can because they're in your area. So how can I go and create this sort of regional support network in all these different areas and then have the bandwidth to produce it and create it? It's our mission to empower women. And we want to make sure we're constantly evolving and improving to help you be the best boss babe you can be. Please take a moment to fill out our short survey so we can better understand your needs because we're here for you. Visit onthedotwoman.com slash survey and give us that feedback. Did I mention there's a Consuela bag up for grabs? Your name will go in the running upon completion. Now let's get back to the conversation. What are the biggest challenges you see for creatives? You know, especially 
in this, you know, gig economy, you know, where we, you know, we've sort of mentioned earlier where these creative roles are often, you know, contracted out, you know, they're often not sort of full-time employees. And what do you see as the biggest challenge? I think there are several challenges, but I think some of the biggest ones are really not advocating well for oneself and not communicating clearly and efficiently. I think a lot of people maybe uh, aren't the most responsive. Maybe they take three or four days to respond. In certain situations, know when you should respond and how quickly to do so, or if you need a more measured response, at least something like, hey, this sounds interesting. I would love to chat more. I've got a couple projects right now on the docket. Would love to get back to you next week with a more thoughtful response. Just something. So better communication probably is one of the easiest and key pieces to start making some changes pretty easily, actually. I'd say it's easy because the application is easy, but getting the process and starting to do that and make it a habit is probably a bigger complication. Right. Very interesting. And then are there any particular challenges for women in this industry that maybe are a little bit different? Yeah, I think there's probably a few things really around um, just females in general. Again, that advocacy for self-worth or maybe let's even not even say necessarily self-worth. Let's say more like if you want to be making $2,000 on something like that. Know your price speak it firmly and then don't feel like you have to backpedal if there's a little moment of silence in between. Like know what you actually need to be making and want to be making from something and then advocate for it. So I think that's one of the key places that women probably feel like if there's that awkward silence, like, oh, but I mean, if your budget can't support it, happy to find a way to work around that instead of just trying to speak your piece and then be quiet and let the other person have a chance to say like, oh, great. Or we don't have enough in the budget. Would you do blah? let them have to ask for it rather than you offer it. That's the hardest thing is being okay in that quiet space. We've done a lot of on on the dot about just sort of the sexism in advertising and on television because so many, and you're of course in this film world, but so many producers and creative directors are men. Yes. Do you see in the creative space dealing with this gender bias issue in some ways? Do you get that feedback? What's funny though is the thing that I tend to see the most experiencing it personally and then just seeing it happen just mirrored in a lot of different examples from friends and things like that isn't so much men and women dynamics it's women and women dynamics and maybe it was hard to fight for a seat at the table whatever that might be but more about how to support women more instead of being in competition with women in that same space so that's actually the thing that i tend to see the most and and again also from friends like they'll tell me an example of something that happened where you know woman came out on set and then was trying to take the reins versus you know for whatever reason Lots of different things where if we can find a way to better collaborate instead of, for lack of better words, compete, finding better ways to meaningfully exist and support each other. I see that a lot. I mean, I think that's pervasive in in so many areas. I just speak a lot about that because it's really abundance versus scarcity mindset, right? Because if you have an abundant mindset, you know, if somebody else comes out, you're you're collaborative. And, you know, I think that, you know, understandably, women have been living in this scarcity mindset for so long. You know, they think, oh gosh, you know, if, if there are 10 positions open, they probably have a shot at one. Whereas men, you know, they see, oh, well, I have all 10, you know, even if they saw nine women in those positions, like, yeah, I have 10 shots at this. So it's, it's a very different mentality. And, you know, oh, I really? talk to women a lot about that, about just sort of paying up for it and building that ecosystem and doing that with an abundant mindset because exactly. men yeah. do. How many times you say, oh, I got a buddy. Hey, I got this buddy. I'm going to, you know, very interesting. 
to your point on that scarcity versus abundance, I agree 100%. We actually had a workshop on that at this year's CMBXP, which took place September 19 through 21. And one of the topics is scarcity versus abundance. How do you think in an abundant mindset? Mm Because it could be, especially in the creative spaces, right? Not necessarily even about women on women and how we might participate and behave, but oh my God, somebody might steal this idea if I put it out in the world. Oh my God, this other thing. Like my ideas might be thefted from me versus something else that you can just shift your mindset. And like, nobody's going to steal something from you. You don't know how long they've been working on something else. And also imitation is the highest form of flattery. So it's a great thing if people see something in your work that they ultimately want to model and shape into their own perspective and, and way to, you know, put their work out. But ultimately, I mean, it hits us in so many places, that scarcity mindset, it really holds us back. And what is that expression? What is it? A sinking or a, a rising tide raises all ships? Yeah, absolutely. So what's the best advice you've gotten as a creative from Um, this person? Well, that's a good question. What's the best advice from a business person? Honestly, I don't know if there's one particular piece of advice. I think there's going to be tons if I would like sit down and think about it and write them all out. But I think it's more the entrance of a different perspective, something that they see about a problem I'm experiencing or something creatively, like whatever that might be, that different perspective and way to look at it. Because I didn't think about that before. And so instead of having my Clydesdale blinders of like, it can only be this one way, they'll introduce a but you didn't like take off your blinder, look at it on this other side and see if something from this can make it better ultimately or can solve the problem. So I'd say it's much more about a perspective shift. Awesome. And then what's the first thing that you would tell a creative in starting their career journey? So a few things that are on the easier side, right? And when I say easier, I mean just simple to, to do again, but there's practice element and that's where the challenge comes in. Have a professional email address. Don't just use a Gmail have a professional one tied to a domain. It's going to have a cost, but it's pretty minimal. It's, you know, cost of a cup of coffee a day. It's maybe five bucks a month. That professionalizes and legitimizes so quickly. So that, and then be mindful about how you're putting yourself out there on social media, different things, like understand and walk that line between personal and then professional like probably not having a ton of pictures of you drinking and going out partying, but instead things that represent you because ultimately somebody is going to hire you, collaborate and work with you, but also something that can be shown to a professional audience that you'd still be proud of. Like if your mom was presenting something on a PowerPoint in front of a boardroom of people and this was an image that was used, how would you feel? Like, would you be proud of that picture? Or would you be like, oh, squinting through your eyes and you don't want the world to see it? I love that about the email address. It's one of those simple things. So simple. And I'm thinking back because, of course, I'm in contact with a lot of creatives. I'm like, 99.9% of the time, they're Gmails. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking about that going, but oh, yeah, it is interesting because you're, you're right. Because as a business person, no, I would never. In fact, I don't even use a personal email. That's very interesting. I love it when something so simple, but it's articulated. It's like, oh, duh. Yeah. And there's other things too, like building your community, have those shoulders to cry on and then to also celebrate with all of those things. But as far as simple tactical ones, just make sure that you are appearing legitimate and behave legitimately, respond to people in a timely fashion, but have a professional email address. That's an easy one with a minimal amount of money that you have to put behind it. No, I love that. Okay. So we're going to get to our speed round. We get to know a little bit about you personally. We can just get quick answers from you and, <laughs> and uh, you know, as we close up today. So what's your morning routine look like? Oh yeah. So my morning routine, it changes every day in a sense, but it's inherently true in how I behave every day. I do have the pleasure of working for myself, owning my own endeavors, and I can set my time and my structure how I choose to, which is an amazing benefit and something that I pride and prize the most is my flexibility and, and ownership of my schedule. I wake up, 
early. I'm not a super early bird. I'm not up at like five, but I'm up at seven or eight, one or the other, depending on if I stayed up till about midnight or one, typically the case there. As soon as I wake up, brush the teeth and then get on my computer and respond to emails. I don't have like a journaling process or walk the dog in the morning. I make coffee and sit down and do my emails. And that thrills me to no end to basically have as close to an empty inbox to start off my day as I possibly can. Because then I feel like once I've answered the questions of others, I can focus on those things for myself. Whatever like big rock, air quote, thing that I have to work on that day or week. I typically like on Sunday, I'll prioritize a few high level concepts. And then each day I'll have about three. These are the things that have to get done today. And if I can get them done between about 8 a.m. and noon, I am thrilled. So I don't like to meet with people until about after 11 a.m. One, I hate traffic. It makes me an angry person and miserable. And if I can just not be in it, the world will be happier as a result. And so then there's no traffic. So yay, I win there. And then I've processed everything I really needed to so that I can be present for people again. So by around 11 noon, meet with people typically about three or four meetings a day. Right now, I'm in the midst of a few events. I've got a few um, client gigs in October. So I'm a little bit more of a homebody than I normally am. Uh, but then through the rest of the day, meeting with people and then get back to my inbox and work priorities around like six or seven. Okay. What are you currently reading or listening to? So reading, this is going to be an odd one. I love reading and I am a serial book buyer, reader of about the first 40 pages. And then I will accidentally set it down just because something else will spark my interest or like something happens and I don't continue reading for whatever reason. Uh, Sapiens is one that I'm loving, but it's sadly in that corner of banished books that were you know 40 pages in. The thing I'm addicted to right now is I read comics. There's a lot of graphic novels and comics I, I continue and read. So X-Men has an amazing run right now. The Powers of X and House of X, it's relaunching in such a cool and unique way. I love what they're doing right now with the writing. It's fascinating. So I'm actually like, I usually don't buy them weekly. I wait and buy them in trade where it's several issues stacked into one. Uh, but I've actually been following it weekly. It is amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. So what's one thing you can't live without? Last question. My beats. I love my over-ear beats. Okay. I, I didn't know if you meant like beats, like, you know, uh, eat beats. Like, I love beats. Like, if I was on a deserted island, as long as I have power and can charge them, I am a happy person. Yeah, I had, um, this is a, a random story. A very big piece of life drama happened back in July. So I live with my boyfriend. We were both home at the time. We both work from home. And a contractor accidentally stepped through the insulation in the attic. And then they stepped through the sprinkler system, causing the house to basically have an interior rainstorm of about 1,500 gallons of water across a 30-minute period. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was not pleasant, to put it mildly. But when the contractor was there, just making noise, doing whatever, I put on my beats because I was like, I got to focus, put my beats on. And then I just see this weird, like, like this thing move past my line of sight. It was like, that's weird. Like, why is there just a fast moving blur? Take off my beats. And then there's my boyfriend mouthing and yelling at this point, like, how did you not hear me? I've been yelling. There's water everywhere. Okay. And like the beats had blocked it out so successfully. And then I took them off, like almost in a movie, like the level of drama of taking them off. And it was just like, what is happening around me? How did I miss all of that? I mean, <laughs> take me into a new world, both literally and figuratively. Oh my gosh. Well, Ashlyn, thank you so much. We really appreciate you sharing about you and your company. So tell our listeners where they can find you online. Yeah. So I'm in a lot of different places. So my always year round website is cmbatx.com. And then I'm biggest on Instagram, create meet biz. You can find me there. Also Twitter, Facebook, all the different places. Uh, but my big three-day piece of programming is cmbxp.com. 
all these acronyms with not a single vowel. <laughs> no, that's great. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate you sharing with us today. And we will certainly be keeping an eye to see what you do next. Well, thank you. Yeah, it was lovely getting to chat with you and have a great one. And thanks for having me. For more female empowerment, inspiration, and advice, subscribe to our free daily newsletter and audio brief, Four Minutes with On The Dot. Let us know your thoughts or what you want to hear next from at On The Dot Woman on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We're here to help you become the best boss babe you are meant to be. 